Welcome to Doing It Best with Elder Care Success, where we explore ways to relieve the stress, exhaustion, and overwhelm that we all face in caring for an aging parent, frail spouse, or partner. Fear, frustration, emotional and financial strain does not have to be your MO. Stay tuned as we dive into different and new ways of finding more joy together with those that we love and care for and while keeping our feet solid on the ground. Hang tight, there is a better road ahead. Hello everybody, this is Nancy May from the Elder Care Success Show or Doing It Best with Elder Care Success. And today my guest is Ron Clifford. Ron is a very talented photographer and his photographs tell incredibly beautiful stories in very simple ways that just take your breath away. And what I asked Ron to go over with us is as family members and caregivers or just family members in general, we all take photographs of families from kids from birth to death kind of, well, maybe not the death part, but I've done that too. (laughs) So I'm a little weird. But to me, a good photograph should convey a story and a feeling and emotion. And those of us have just gotten used to camera phones, you snap things away and we look at them, but they don't really tell stories. And we want those stories to be part of our lives, ideally, even after somebody has left, and even more so when they're with us so that we can share in a deeper, richer way. And Ron, I think you do that in such an incredible way that I thought you could share with us some tips and ideas. Yeah, I would be really happy to. You've you've already said some of the key words that launch into making beautiful pictures. You talked about stories, keeping it simple, and those things are really, really important to me in my imagery. You've seen some of my imagery. They're amazing. They they jump off off the screen and off a page and off a the metal prints that you did were just stunning. <laughs> Thank you. I always tell people that a story is king. That the story of the image is more important than any other element. Technique actually comes second or even third or fourth when we create beautiful images. And when a story can, or an image can convey a story or an emotion or a feeling, then it's already successful. So how do we think about stories? We, we're used to listening to stories. Yes. And we're used to seeing stories on film. But I'm not sure we're used to seeing stories in pictures in a way like we're talking about. Okay, so, so let's launch from there because you said stories in film. And one of the analogies I teach all my students at whatever level they are at is let's consider film. Let's consider the movies we watch. And because they can really help us understand what makes a good image or a good story. And, and here's something to think about when we're taking pictures. Think of a main character, or a main actor, and supporting actors in our images. And to tell or to simplify enough so that we have a main character and just enough supporting actors to tell the story. I tell this story, and 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 I'm so so the main character being larger, but not necessarily always so. Yeah, or more predominantly lit. Okay. Or somehow more important in the image than the supporting actors. And I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples. Versus like the wedding photograph, where we're all lined up at the same height. Yeah, you know, well, like- the only reason we know the main characters is because they're dressed differently. The brides in white, the grooms in dark, and Got everyone it. else is dressed differently. So we know the story because the main characters are dressed differently, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas maybe a more beautiful story is the more candid picture of the bride and groom laughing together and people are out of focus in the background. Those out of focus people 
are the supporting characters to the story of the bride and groom in love. But not everybody knows how to do an out-of-focus background, and you can do it on your camera. And phones aren't that good at it if you have a phone. Let me give you an example. Most people can relate to going on vacation and walking up to a grand vista or a beautiful scene and holding up their camera and taking a picture. And, and in, their, in their heart and in their mind, it's a, a beautiful, stunning scene. And yet when we get it in the camera and we look at it later or we look at it on our laptops. And you go, oh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we go, what? That's not what I saw. And here's the reason, because our minds can't process the two-dimensional scene the way that it was in real life. And, and so here's, what I, here's where I go with that. This has happened to all of us. So here's the, here's, the, here's the visual behind it. An artist walks up to the scene with a canvas, and he has a blank piece of paper. And he asks himself, what can I add to this canvas or paper to make it interesting? So the person with a camera walks up to the very same scene and asks himself a very different question. And the question is, what can I take away from this scene to make it interesting or powerful. If, if I go up to a scene, typically you'll see like the, wa the water scene at the beach, right? Everybody thinks, oh my, it's yeah. beautiful. And I see this giant thing and I think, I want it all. Don't think yeah. that. Just if you can take one small little yeah. slice of it. Understand that, the, yeah, you, you can't have it all. Oh, darn. Story. In life, the all is often not possible unless it's a massively beautiful sunset, for example, and there's amazing clouds in the right. sky. Then tip the camera up a bit so you emphasize the sky. But you're still taking one small portion of it as opposed to the whole scene. I'm trying to focus on the one thing that's important. Focus on the one thing, not necessarily with focus like on a lens, but focus on the subject at hand. And the same thing goes, so if we're trying to photograph the older people that we take care of, I guess like, you know, thinking about the twinkle in the eye, you know, the wrinkles in the face, mm -hmm. the gentleness of the mm -hmm. hand. But, you know, some people who just take pictures of hands like, that's not enough. <laughs> I know people. I think it's important you can have hands. Like in my avatar, I have my hands in front of me. In my portrait, my, my headshot, the one that people see, my hands are in front of me. And the artist who photographed it thought my hands were very important. And so they put them in front of me a little bit over my chin. And so the hands and my face are in the image, but the hands are my supporting character. Interesting. Okay. So that in that image, in the avatar. But so a body part can actually be a supporting actor to a face or to a Absolutely it can, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, it can be a supporting part of the image. And so we don't just walk up and take the picture. We, we consider the picture. We spend just a minute considering what can I include that helps me tell the story without including everything? Because as I shared, including everything actually confuses the mind. Hmm. So the reason that happens is our brains don't like to work hard to interpret two-dimensional images. Our brains like to have as little information as possible to complete a story. Hmm. And so our frame, that thing we're looking at, that, that rectangle that we're putting things in is very important. And so we want to put enough in to tell the story, but not everything. So we actually give our brains too much credit in reality, right? Yeah, we do. We give our brains way too much credit. Our brains like to expend as little energy as possible to complete a story or to complete a message or to so see So simplify, simplify, simplify. Simplify. I just actually gave a presentation to a camera club and simplify was the point. It was called, what's the point? And it's how to simplify in our images to make powerful images. So like you mentioned, you've seen some of my images. My imagery is always complaining or conveying this level of simplicity at the same time story and power. So it's that fine line between taking away too much and leaving in just enough. So where do we start? If we're starting from scratch, 
everybody knows how to take a picture on their camera phone. And we can still create beautiful images on, on our phones as well. Oh, yeah, right? yeah. More so today than ever. We can create wonderful images. Is there a better way to do that on, on your phone without special equipment of a camera and still yeah. capture this in a way that becomes you know, life-endearing? Let's talk about treasured memories and let's include kids and, and puppies, okay. for example, or grandkids or great-grandkids. Let's say we want some memories. My first piece of advice is fill the frame. Use your feet to zoom if you can. Move in close. One thing that we often do is we lift up the camera and we don't consider how far away we are. And our, our cell phones, those little devices, have wide-angle lenses mm -hmm. generally. And so we don't think to get much closer than we really are because the camera sees a bit differently. And so my first encouragement is move close. Use like physical distance to get close because that increases how the intimacy of the, of the image feels. Even as, as the so photographer, the not just the image itself. From, yeah, yeah. from the point and of photography, you're taking the picture as well. Yeah. The other thing that you're going to notice about the images in my portfolio is I'm almost always at or just below eye level. Hmm. And so if we're photographing children, if we're standing and they're playing, they're just kids playing down below us. But if we have a way to move our phones or our cameras lower, and the great thing about some cameras today is they have the tilting screen, so we don't actually have to kneel on the ground. We can just bring our cameras lower and tip the mm -hmm. screen and get to their eye level. And immediately your images will convey a sense of, of real connection, of being there. And so that eye level rule, with, especially with children and pets, is so important. And so whether you're have great mobility, or if you're confined perhaps to a wheelchair, you can still bring your camera or cell phone lower to get them at eye level. And this is a really important. Because then, what well, they say, the, the eyes are the, uh, are the windows to the soul? Window to the soul, yeah, yeah. That's great for kids and puppies, and I'm presuming it's the same if we're photographing our older parents. It is the same. So let's say they're sitting at a chair. If we kneel on a knee and take a photograph, it's very different than standing over them and taking so photograph. both at eye level and then slightly up or slightly up you can be slightly above or slightly below depending and in photography as, as someone who photographs beauty photography a little trick is to be slightly mm -hmm. above if someone's very conscious of their weight for example or if they're concerned about a double chin you can be slightly above if there's no concern for that you could be at eye level or slightly mm -hmm. below those are those are really good tricks but don't get way above because you lose the intimacy of the moment so so that thing that get close and if you can't get physically close, you could pinch zoom on your phone or use the zoom lens on your camera. But I would say that's, that's the last thing I would want you to do is to pinch zoom because it actually loses a bit of clarity. You lose pixels. You lose, you lose some of the images. If you can get physically closer, that's a nice way to do it. What are the next tips? So we, we've got sort of that, the look in the eye, the ability to have an intimate connection to ideally the heart and soul of the person through the eyes. Yeah. And then consider what's in the background. So this is, this is the other, like if we're talking about the top three, the next one is consider your background. Look for annoying or unwelcome elements. I often, when I'm photographing, spend more time looking at the background than I do my subject. I'm confident that I could get good connection with my subject, but I need to look at what's around them to make sure it's supporting my picture. This is these supporting characters. So 
let's say you have somebody who's sitting and maybe sitting near a window is nostalgic and, and it gives great light. So that window is part of the story. So you include it. But maybe that window is a backlight and it's creating bad shadows and it's not a great element in the picture. I just want you to be aware to take a, a just a second to look around the subject. And this is the number one difference between a snapshot and what we call a photograph. Mm -hmm. The number one differentiator is when you've paid attention to the background and you step left or right or up or down to make sure that it, it all makes sense, that it is informing your picture and not distracting from your picture. So I had actually spent some time in art school in a previous life. I remember one professor, teacher, who's fabulous, and he made us draw with Conti crayon or chalk on a long yeah, yeah. three-foot pole. So our chalk was taped to the end of this pole. And we had to stand back and he said, you're not drawing the subject. You're drawing the negative space around the subject. So we understood. Space so this is basically it. what you're talking about a little bit, correct? It really, it really is, if it was an art lesson, is pay attention to the space around the main subject, the negative space. The harder edges of the subject. Yeah. There's so many examples I could give, but I, I literally, physically, if you watch me photograph just about anything, you'll see me bob and weave a bit, you know, like a boxer, because that's what I'm doing. I, I know my subject and me are good. I know what I want to photograph, but I'm just making sure, for instance, I don't have a, a pole sticking right out of the top of a person's head, very common. And because we're so focused on the person, we forget what's around them. And this is when you really start to level up as a, a photographer, even, even your snapshots, they hit a new level when you realize, oh, I don't need that thing sticking out of the corner of the picture. Oh, that stranger in the background, I didn't notice them before, but I noticed them now. I'm going to wait till they finish walking by. But we don't see it right away because we're so focused on our subject that we don't take just that split second to consider those elements in the frame. The visual noise, as I, I call it, right? It's a good term, yeah. So now that we've got sort of the, the eyes, the, the soul of our subject, and the background, what's the next thing? How do we go forward? Or is that it? No, so there, I, I, would, I would say let's add one more thing today. And we, we probably don't want to go too much deeper because we don't want to confuse the mind. Remember, the mind doesn't like to work too hard. So we're going to add one more thing today, and that's connection. The connection between you and your subject. The magic happens when people forget you're actually photographing them and let their guard down. And I love that moment. And, and sometimes it can happen immediately with somebody who's comfortable in front of the camera. And sometimes it takes a little more work. I remember one portrait I took, our former mayor and um, community icon agreed to come and have his picture taken uh, with me for a characters of Main Street in our town, uh, some prominent characters that I've gotten to know over the years. And our session lasted a little over an hour, and it wasn't until about 50 minutes in that he let his guard down as the politician, as the mayor, as the prominent person. He's very good at putting on his persona, on that, that hat that he wears. The bravado. <laughs> yeah. And, and I said to him, and, and he's, he's retired, and, and he's a great-grandfather, and he has a long life to be proud of. And, and I said to him, I said, Tom, I'm going to take a photograph now as we close out our session that's not going to flatter your age it's going to reveal your character. And I wore him out enough that he dropped his guard. And I captured an image that when his family saw it, they literally froze in their tracks. And they just said, wow. is that amazing? And so that moment happens because, well, first I wore him down. But when we, when we forget we're photographing and we, we communicate with our, our person, our people, we can tell jokes if we're good at it. We can tell jokes if we're bad at it because people are very forgiving. <laughs> I'm bad at the, I, I'm, I'm good at the bad yeah. joke part. <laughs> 
Yeah. Or uh, we can laugh at our own expense, which helps our client or our friend or our subject relax because when we make a mistake and we can laugh about it, they, they, just, they just let their hair down. They, they relax. And so instead of making it about, okay, just smile, which everybody hates to hear. Say cheese. Say cheese. Yeah, just, just have a conversation and then capture the moment. Capture the laugh, capture the smile, capture the weird expression. Capture things that are a little different because that's what we're going to remember. When we look through that box of photographs or those digital files, the pictures we remember are the ones that are a little different. You, you mentioned something on being able to get your subject, in this case, the, the mayor of your town, right? To just relax a little bit. Now, you'd worn him down, yet I'm listening to your words and although the, the image is what you specialize in, it also sounds like a good photographer or somebody who wants to capture a story, if they can use their words to make somebody they're photographing just be part of the conversation and relax a little bit, it's really a combination of visual and verbal art to help that person just chill out a little bit, right? And yourself, because if you're uptight and trying to get the best possible photograph, that's going to easily transfer over to the person that you're photographing. Yeah. Like, like trying to find that state of zen, if you can, without falling asleep. Yeah. I, do, you, do, you, do you chill out? So I teach a lot of things. Uh, uh, the hardest thing to teach is creating that level of intimacy and connection with your, with your client. That's a hard thing to teach. And so here's my advice for the person who's not pursuing this as a career. Right. That it's not, you know, they're not going to spend an hour They've only got seconds or minutes. These are just family memories that you really want to yeah, create. Family memories. One is if you're not comfortable getting somebody off their guard, mm -hmm. think about a candid photograph. Think about capturing it when they're not paying attention or off to the side or the moment after the laugh. Like that moment after you've asked them to do something is, is the moment they let their guard down. Mm -hmm. So if you say one, two, three, say cheese, you know, get ready to take the picture right after that. After the cheese. Yeah. Because then they relax and they think, oh, it's over. Phew. Oh, it's over. That is the moment you want to capture. And so that only takes an extra split second of waiting. Or because your camera can take many in a row, you take the one, but, but don't put your camera down. Wait for that next guard down moment. And that's the image that's going to be special. So do you have some, we're talking actually about like one photograph at a time. Do you have some yeah. tips on how to blend a story over a period of time, not necessarily in the course of a day. How do you, how do you look at that? You say you're putting together a book, right? That somebody would have that you send away through one of the online stores and you take your photographs off your camera. Is there a way to think about the storyline in pictures over a period of time that can help you sort of maybe plan out something or just be a little bit more spontaneous to, to bring that memory to extend it over a longer period of time. The first word to think about, I'm a word, word person, <laughs> is theme. Um, if you want to do something like that, have a theme, even write it down, that, that you want to continue to apply to a longer term series of images. Okay. Uh, and that theme could literally be photographing the same location over a period of years. That's a theme, just location like at the cottage or at the beach or in the living room or or at Thanksgiving dinner. Mm -hmm. These are themes that over a period of time tell a story. I hadn't quite thought about That's it that way, but it makes it easier when you put them all together in some sort of keepsake to say, wow, you know, yeah. I get it because it makes it richer. Yeah. yeah. 
if you want to tell a shorter term story, let's say just over a period of a day or a weekend or a holiday, again, ask yourself, what, what do I want to say with the pictures more than just taking a picture? And again, theme it. Think about where you are. Find a theme word for the holiday. Maybe the theme word for the holiday is at the beach. And so more of your pictures are going to happen at that point. So you're not always taking pictures of people because they get tired of it. Mm-hmm. I know I have a family of, you know. Oh, no, here comes Ron with his camera again. Yeah. We're, we're up a creek. Yes, no, I'm, I'm actually pretty sneaky. They're not sick of me yet. But, but that's the idea is, is find those times. Maybe it's after dinner relaxing and you, you just grab a few. Yeah. Right. So the guys don't have their pants, hands down the belt. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. Like, oh, TMI. (laughs) But that's, that would be my advice is think about, do think about, do I want to say something as a bit of a story? Like, is this a a special weekend or is it a holiday or is it an event? Uh Or do I want a theme around things? Like, I don't know, like, like Thanksgiving. It could just be a weekend together with, with, could you be. Know, I had a, a photographer come over and we did a, a photographer I respect and she does documentary photography and she does something called day in the life of sessions where she uh-huh. spends the day with our family and she there's a fly in the wall and she says, don't worry about makeup or special, just live your life today like you would. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to create an album for you of a day in the life of your family. And it's one of my most treasured memories. And it's such a simple theme when you think about it, right? Yeah. 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 Those, those, are, those are great. I have um, a photograph, a couple of photographs over Halloween with my mom and dad. And my, well, my dad has now passed away. And I'm kind of like saying, okay, dad, you like, no, come back. I need to do some more photographs right now. But the aides that work with him started to dress up and do uh, Halloween trick-or-treating, which they loved. And you can see them light up and the the fun was from long distance saying, okay, what are we going to like help dad become? And this first time was a fireman. He's got this little fireman hat on and he's a big guy. I'm thinking this is hysterical. Yeah, and the last, yeah. the last photograph I have of mom and dad together with my father was dressed up as a doctor, the Dr. Evil <laughs> with a white suit and it's a Dr. May on the shirt. And then wow. my, with his baseball hat on backwards, which he would never wear backwards. <laughs> and my mom <laughs> is dressed up as a nun. And when she saw herself, my mom has dementia, when she saw herself dressed up as a nun in the mirror, she looked and she says, oh my God, I'm a nun? And, she, <laughs> and the expression, you could see the expression on their faces together are just so, they're just delighted with the characters yeah. that they are. And it's, it brings me great, just that one photograph, and, but all the others have been, been a lot of fun to see. So uh, I guess that's the theme that I have. If I put them all together, I've got, Crazy dressed up outfits with mom and dad who I've never seen in character like that before as a, as a young adult. It was fun. I get it. Yeah. So are there any sort of last minute things that you would recommend for people to do, whether do, they can use their camera phone, they can use a regular camera, they can use just about, I guess, any kind of photographic device, or is there one thing that's better than the other to be spontaneous? You know, the, the best camera is the one you have in your hand, no matter what it is, because if, if you don't have your camera, all those memories are gone. Got it. So I, I really like uh, modern-day cell phones for their ability just to be pulled out, touch the camera icon, and create a memory. My favorite camera in the world isn't my six or $8,000 Pro DSLR. My favorite camera in the world is the one I have at the moment it was important. That's a wonderful way to think about that. Yeah. 
And then are there any sort of books that you would recommend as far as how people can get the camera, the photographs from their camera to a sort of a keepsake book or just try anything? Are there any particular favorites that are out there that you like? Well, one of my favorites, and this changes year by year, but is a company named Shutterfly. And it's really easy to create these little family albums, little albums, and they're, they're not remarkably expensive. And uh, they, they're decent quality. And I have a lot of clients that that when, they, when they're faced with how do I get my digital files into a memory, this is what I recommend. Because we don't look at them on our phone afterwards. We flip through them and no, they're not the same as seeing the, the tactile, image. right? Yeah, and this is why I promote the printed image so much because it's just so important. When, when we get together as a family, I mean, we go through a box of photographs. We don't go through a box of USB sticks. No, it's true. <laughs> There's something that just doesn't cut it. You know, it's like, I've lost no. the darn stick. Where is it? Like, you know, which file so, is it in? It's gone. Yeah, it'd be a really, really good practice to get used to printing our images and putting them into one of these online services like Shutterfly is, is a fantastic idea. I think we've lost, hopefully not forever, it sounds like, the ability to really enjoy the richness of print and what it can do for an image. Well, I believe it's really making a comeback. I know in my own business, it, it, it people are seeking the print uh, as opposed to seeking that, you know, USB in there. I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> well, thank you, Ron. It has been a pleasure. And one of these days, I'm coming to Canada so that you can take my photograph because I need a new one. <laughs> I look forward to that. Thanks for being a guest here at Eldercare Success, and it's been a pleasure, as always. Thank you for having me on. This show is sponsored by Caremanity, the publishers of How to Survive 911 Medical Emergencies, a step-by-step -step guide before, during, and after. For your own personalized free file of life, go to www.howtosurvive911.com. All trademarks, brands, and comments are not intended to be substitutes for medical, financial, or legal advice. Please consult a medical, legal, or financial professional for issues relevant to your own personal situation. This show is produced by Caremanity LLC. All rights reserved. Copyright 2021 Caremanity LLC.